This is the Tribune Audio Network. This is the Backstory Podcast. I'm Larry Potash. On this show, we uncover the backstory behind some of the most intriguing tales in history, culture, science, and religion. In this episode, it seems that more and more people can't take a joke. Many of today's comics refuse to perform at colleges, but are we missing the point? One of the original stand-up comics shows us how humor has allowed us to break down barriers and solve problems. This is The Backstory. They said no Jesse Smollett jokes. Yeah, I know, I know. What a waste of light skin, you know? Some comedians like Chris Rock won't play colleges anymore, tired of what they call overly sensitive college students. But it's not just students and millennials. Everyone feels like they've been wronged. The partisan divide erupts on social media and strains family ties. Oh, a joy to be all alone. I'm happy alone. What we may need is a page from an iconic comedian, Leonard Schneider. You know him better as Lenny Bruce. That's it, I'm going to get a whole bunch of new suits. You know, I've had the same dumb suit for 10 years. You walk in her closet, you can't even breathe. Uh, He gets a bad rap because I think when people hear Lenny Bruce's name, they go, oh, the foul-mouthed comic. He was so smart. Christ and Moses. Fly to New York, transcontinental. Ronnie Marmo portrays Lenny Bruce in a one-man show. Christ says to Moses, well, what's playing at St. Pat's? Oh, a good double bill. Cardinal Spellman and Bishop Sheen. And he was one of the first guys to pick up a microphone without a routine and say, so listen, what happened to me with my wife today? And people are like, what? You're going to talk about your wife? Like, nobody did that kind of comedy. They were joke tellers. And Lenny was a storyteller. And I gave her everything, even my mother's ring. But to me, she was so petty. Sometimes I wish that she were dead. But it'd probably take her two hours to get ready. (laughs) The stories evolved from personal anecdotes about his family to something more serious, sexism and racism, subjects that were controversial on stage a half century ago, and in some ways becoming difficult to talk about again, even in our daily lives. The people Lenny was defending in the 50s and 60s are the people I'm trying to explain him to now. Dig this, man. If the bedroom is dirty to you, then you're a true atheist. Were you not concerned about doing this show and having it do well? Concerned? I didn't sleep for months. (laughs) Very concerned, but, but I also believed in Lenny's message. All right, who's here? Christ and Moses. Are you putting me on now? No, I'm telling you. I assure it's them. Well, I've only seen them in pictures, but I'm pretty sure, yeah. Marmo believes in his message. Others believed in it too. Lenny Bruce inspires Richard Pryor and George Carlin. And I wanted to know the ones that you could never say on television. I mean the filthy words that are always filthy. You may be familiar with his bit, the seven words you can't say on TV. But Lenny Bruce is the first to show how absurd it all is. He tries to expose our flaws so we can talk and reflect on them. I think it was all about hypocrisy. You know, he really hated hypocrisy. He thought, well, you know, 
let's hold a mirror up to society and let's have these conversations. One of the things that kids have to put up with is rules. Uh, they're not as bad as laws because they don't really throw you in the slammer on rules and they're not always written down somewhere. They're just rules. Bruce paves the way for Carlin, Pryor, and shows like All in the Family. Marmo says comedy breaks barriers if you're paying attention. I think we're in a time in our society now where people aren't listening. They go right to the end result. If they hear anything that seems uh, not PC in any way, they you know have a big reaction. But then Christ would be confused because their route took them through Spanish Harlem. And he would wonder what 40 Puerto Ricans were doing living in one room. And the Cardinal has a ring on that's worth eight grand. But what people don't really realize was uh, Archie Bunker was the butt of the joke. It was actually a smart show, but you have to listen, you have to be open-hearted, open-minded, and go on the ride. I'm concerned for comedy, and I think uh, it has been such a beautiful tool for us throughout history. A tool not just for comedians, but for all of us. 1967. A Vietnam War protester places a daisy in a soldier's rifle. Flower Power shows one can disagree and make a statement without anger. We took over the school PA system and played Jimi Hendrix. Shepard Siegel was having fun protesting in high school. His new book, Disruptive Play, The Trickster in Politics and Culture, hopes to amplify that message for a new generation. For the rest of us who aren't professional comedians, we need to be more playful and less sensitive to perceived slights. He says the playfulness of our childhood quickly becomes competitive. And he says that's when too much competition at any cost starts to diminish the fun. It turns into games with winners and losers and keeping score. Well, what happens when you get a grown-up who somehow didn't lose that ability to be playful before it play turned competitive? And that's you get how you get Robin Williams. If you look at a platypus, I think you might think that God might be stunned. <laughs> However, we can't all be actors and comedians. We need firefighters, we need teachers, right. uh, and we need doctors and so on. Right. So how does the trickster mentality manifests itself for those people? That's a great question. I think it's a matter of balance because when cultural play gets out of hand, well, there's a three-letter word that you get and that's war. You know, war is the most competitive activity on the planet. I believe in a society that's more balanced, if we could at least more of us, not just celebrities, could retain a place in our life, in culture, in the public commons to be playful in a non-competitive way, I think we'll get farther as a society. Every culture and generation has its trickster character, and Siegel says that it's one of the oldest archetypes known to humanity. So I'm reading these tales, and one after another after another, and they're silly. This is the classic trickster work, and these tales are short. And I get into 10, 20, 30 of these tales, and I'm going, this is Bugs Bunny. These are Bugs Bunny stories. Wabbit season, duck season, wabbit season. I say it's duck season, and I say fire. 
Like Bugs Bunny, they mock authority and use their wits instead of fists to disarm opponents. Siegel says it's not just fictional characters or hippies who see the value of playful protest. An aide to Lyndon B. Johnson supported the theory. He said, you know, if somebody had pulled Adolf Hitler's pants down at just the right moment, he would have never come to power. In the house and blame Winston Churchill. Or negotiate. In the movie Jojo Rabbit, Hitler is a boy's imaginary friend. This storytelling technique could have attracted major backlash, but actor Stephen Merchant says it works. If it's done well, you don't feel like you're being preached at, you know? And sometimes I think when you're dealing with very heavy subjects, uh, in, this, in this case, you know, the Nazis, um, humor, I think, it sets your mind in a different place. You relax a little bit, you're laughing, and I think it can lead you carefully then into some more complicated and, and difficult areas. And I think it's one of the reasons why humor is so successful and has been used for so long. But this isn't just about tactics for the picket line. It gets back to our daily interaction on social media, in real life. People watching this, they come away and say, what am I gonna do differently in my life tomorrow because of you? My personal discipline is I say hello to five to seven strangers a day. I'm just saying hello for no reason at all. It's perhaps an opportunity to be playful. That's one thing I do, that we stay connected. It seems like there's two things going on here. There's the bigger picture societal change, and then there's the personal happiness. If anyone in this audience believes that God made his body and your body's dirty, well, then the fault lies with the manufacturer. You have a body that God made in his image, and now you want to judge some parts as good and some as bad. No, man. I don't see any reference to that in the Bible, man. Ronnie Marmo is not Lenny Bruce, but in this climate, a viral quote can derail a comic's career. He believes it's worth the risk. Comedy was always played that part in history and society was always that, but now I'm afraid that we've gone so far. You have people like Chris Rock, Seinfeld, these people, they won't go do, they won't play in colleges because they're so afraid of losing everything. So sadly, with every day that goes by, what we're doing is we're removing the truth tellers. And there was something about comedy that like did bridge the gap. If God made it all, it's either all clean or it's all dirty. A joke that makes you think if you're listening. Thanks for listening to Backstory. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe to our podcast or leave a review. To watch our full coverage of this story and see some that didn't make it to the podcast, visit us online at WGNTV.com slash Backstory. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.